This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into a brand new episode of Crossed Up. Anthony Sanfilippo's here. I'm Bob Wankel. And Anthony, as we bring you in here, interesting weekend down in Houston. Phillies win an epic game one Saturday night. A little bit of a different story. Probably feeling like they left a little bit of meat on the bone. I know what the common refrain here has been. Hey, listen. Before it all started, you would have taken the series split down in Houston, which is exactly what they did. So do you feel good about it or where are you at here as we get set for game three back at Citizens Bank Park? No, I don't, Bob. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't. Um, you got to be positive. You're supposed to be the one beating I, the Philly drum here. No, listen. Look, is there a reason to be? I mean, look, I, I, can, I can justify feeling positive, right? I mean, this is a team that, doesn't know it's ever out of a game. It always finds a way to come back. Obviously, game one was just the latest in a series of epic moments this postseason for this for this team that we're going to remember forever. Um, but even in game two, you know, you get down, you get down five nothing. Fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth innings, they had runners on base. They had opportunities to score. Um, there was a couple double plays in there that kind of killed rallies. Uh, Schwarber just misses a home run by centimeters twice. Um, and so therefore, like they had their chances, they had their opportunity. So if you want to look at it from a positive spin, yeah, great. This team's never going to be out of a game. They're going to, they're going to scratch and claw and fight and find a way to try and score runs and stay in it. The concern for me is you went down there and the Astros beat up on both Wheeler and Nola. And so now, whereas in previous series, you'd be at 1-1 and saying, yeah, and we got a Wheeler and a Nola start coming back too. Like, this is looking good. Right. Now you look at it and go, eh, is that necessarily a good thing with the way Houston hit them? Well, so you look at the numbers here, and I did tweet this out actually after the game on Saturday night. Nola and Wheeler so far in this series, nine and a third innings pitch, 12 hits, nine earned runs, five walks, only eight strikeouts. Bullpen, though, which we will get to in a little bit, eight and two-thirds innings, five hits, no earned runs, two walks, ten strikeouts. So I got to be honest with you. I think I know a little bit about this team. I've been following it along intently uh, for multiple years now. Never in my wildest dreams uh, did I ever think that I would be reciting those pitching lines to you uh, after two games. But you're right. I mean, listen, if Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler both went out and pitched very well, I think you feel a little bit better about what's coming down the line. And guys are going to have bad starts. It happens from time to time. Zach Wheeler's been outstanding this postseason. But when you look at the velocity and you look at the way that he just didn't quite seem to have a total command, didn't have total authority when he was in the strike zone, it was a little bit concerning because you look and you wonder, hey, is the toll of, of the usage starting to pile up a little bit? Are there maybe some lingering uh, injury concerns here? 
Aaron Nola, on the other hand, while I'm not saying it, it couldn't be anything physical now, it's that's two starts in a row where he's been somewhat underwhelming. And so I don't think you feel quite as good about where he's at as you did a week and a half ago at this point. Correct. So you're right. I think that that is a concern moving forward. The other concern is, is a little bit more immediate here. Noah Syndergaard, Lance McCullers Jr., Pitching advantage favors Houston, right? Like, we we would agree with that. And don't worry, everyone. Like, the house isn't totally bur- burning down. We're not saying that this series is, is coming to a conclusion in five. Well, we'll, there's a time to be positive, and we will be. But I think in the immediate, then you look then at game four, and you say, okay, great, Ranger Suarez. We're going to push him back a day. How do you feel about that matchup? You know, I mean, I, I just don't – I don't know that, that that's a, a favorable matchup for this team as, as well. I mean, Ranger Suarez has been fantastic this postseason, but you look at what he brings to the table and what someone like Christian Javier is going to bring to the table, a, a very dangerous starting pitcher, underrated, little known, I would say, to the casual baseball observer. He's not a traditional number four pitcher in, the, in, in that sense. So, Phillies have some work to do, and that's why – I do think you would look at this and say 1-1 is, is more than reasonable, especially against those two pitchers. But when you have an opportunity to really drop the hammer and seize control of this series, if it's really about winning it, if it's about winning it, they, they let an opportunity go on Saturday night. There's no question. Yeah, they, they did. They, they really did. And, you know, if you want to look at it, they, you have to win two out of three here at home. Oh, you can't no lose two out of three. You can't no lose doubt. two out of three, right? Obviously, you can't lose all three, then you're – it's over. Um, but uh, you have to win two out of three. Don't I, I know everybody wants to say, well, it's Citizens Bank. It's going to change everything. They're undefeated there. That's great. And I hope that they win three straight, Bob, and we can celebrate on Wednesday night or Thursday night, depending with the weather. We'll get into that, too. Um, but uh, hopefully we can celebrate this week here and, and just really, you know, kick off, of, you know, the, the whole weekend celebration with a parade and everything else. That would be fantastic. I just don't see it. I don't see you winning three in a row against this Houston team. You got to give Houston credit. They're a really, really good baseball team. So therefore you got to find a way to win two out of three. And if that means find a way somehow, whether it's the Syndergaard start or the Suarez start, whichever one it is, find a way to get one of those. And then hope Nola gives you a much better start at home in a game five. That's really what you got to hope for. And then, Try and split it again in Houston. That's the, yeah. that's the goal. If you break this down game by game, just to give this a little bit of context about what the Phillies missed out on in game two, entering game two, and we've talked about odds and, and individual games and to win the series, and it's just a, a contextual point, right? This isn't a gambling podcast. But you just look at where now things shift. You went from minus 130 to win the World Series ahead of the game, uh, ahead of game two, to now – uh, Houston is minus 170 to win the World Series ahead of game three. So it's a substantial shift. You know, a lot of those odds were kind of baked into Zach Wheeler being Zach Wheeler in game two and the Phillies finding a way to come out of Houston. Now, they were an underdog ahead of game two, but when you just look at the advantage you have of securing that opening game, that's where those odds come from. Where I kind of, you know, people talking about winning the World Series at home come Wednesday night, I hope that this is the ultimate freezing cold take. But if we're being real about this, the Phillies are an underdog tonight. They will be an underdog tomorrow night. And they will probably be at best a push with Verlander Nola in game five. So the Phillies are going to have to secure two outright upset victories and then win a coin flip on top of it to do it in five. 
I don't know too many people. Like, I know that everyone has Phillies fever. I don't know that too many people were saying Phillies in five at the start of this series. And so I don't know that you need to smash the panic button that, yeah, it's probably going back to Houston. And I do think this team is tough enough. If it does, if the Phillies go back 3-2, can they win one of those two games? Yeah, I actually do think they can find a way. But this is always this was always going to be a long series if the Phillies were going to win it. But when you look at the individual matchups, it does get a little bit concerning. And so I do think that it's fair to kind of go, damn, like, did they miss an opportunity? And one other point, and then I'll shut up because I know I'm being long-winded here, but I totally agree with something that you just said. I know there's this idea, hey, listen, Citizens Bank Park, it's going to be electric. It's a different animal than what these guys are used to seeing. True, no doubt. But if you continue the habit of getting down 3 nothing. 5 nothing right off the bat crowd's going to be largely neutralized and this Houston's team this Houston team is pretty damn good as we all know there's no Mike Clevenger to come bail you out down 4 nothing this time no you're 100% right bob and that's a, that's the thing they really got to find a way and it, this was the thing with the wheeler start that kind of frustrated me uh, it was obvious what Houston's game plan was right they'd never seen him before nobody had any numbers against him so it's just like, all right, guy throws a lot of fastballs. We're just going to go out there and hunt fastballs in the zone and just hit them. And it was four pitches. They were down 2 nothing. And then from there, it was just like, then you had the error, which it's Sosa's error, but, man, Hoskins needs to pick that ball at first base. Yeah. Right? That gives him the third run. And then I thought Wheeler did a nice job of kind of settling in a little bit, right? Really kind of kept it at 3 nothing, kept the game within reach. But then the whole the home run to Bregman, which was in the what the fifth inning. I mean, that's that's when it kind of that's when it goes off the rails there. I, I think both he and Nola had their moments of, okay, they screwed it up. We can pull it back. They both did it. Nola had a shutdown inning uh, in the fourth, and then got the strike stri- uh, the first strikeout in the fifth inning before he gets pulled um, in game one. And then Thompson manages the bullpen brilliantly from there. Um, and, and and Wheeler, like I said, Wheeler had his couple of innings. So there is some positive to take from that, but they both they both need to understand what went wrong because you can't make those mistakes against Houston. This is a team that doesn't strike out as much as most other teams do, right? So therefore, you can't rely on your heat just blowing past them or being crafty enough of a pitcher to strike them out. They're going to foul off pitches. They're going to hang in at bats. You can't put a change up over the plate. You can't put a fastball, you know, out, out in the, you know, the happy zone for, for Alex Bregman. You, these are things that can't happen. And so therefore those guys need to adjust for to moving forward. And, and I know that you're concerned about Syndergaard starting and I understand that I get it. I'm on board. It's just a matter of, can you do it one time for us? Just get through this lineup one time. Right. You know, don't give up a lot. You know, get through those first five batters. It's really the first five batters. I mean, Guriel's still a, still a dangerous hitter, but he is 39. He's not as good as he used to be. Um, and the bottom of their order isn't great. It's, it's kind of just okay. So you get through those first five hitters, then you got, you give your, you're giving yourself a chance. You know, McCullers is a breaking ball pitcher. You got to, be smart. You got to approach him in a certain way and just not be over aggressive 
and 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 you have a chance again against him. Like the Yankees hit him a little bit last week, right? They got five runs off him, four runs off him. Um, so there's he can be hit. He's he's not as dominant as the first two guys. So, but again, it comes down to and we keep Bob. How many times have we said this? It comes down to the Phillies needing to play their A game at yeah. all times. You can't have execution be off at all because Houston will take advantage of it. Yeah, it really does come down to that. And I don't want to harp too much on the Reese Hoskins error the other night, or I'm sorry, the, the Amundo Sosa error that I think you correctly diagnosed as a two-way mistake. Yeah. Um, that type of stuff can't happen. And you just kind of wonder contextually, like you say, okay, well, that one run wasn't the difference in the game, but it just felt like all of the air sort of went out of the balloon at that point. I know it's easy to say that. I mean, they were down 5 nothing the night before. They erased that deficit. So you say, well, hey, it was only three runs. But it felt like, okay, you know that you have Zach Wheeler on the mound here. You know you're already in this 2-0 hole. If you can just keep it right there, maybe you can get your footing and give this offense a chance to not have to take back a, a three, four, five-run deficit. And that was a, a just a killer, killer sequence for this team on Saturday night. It can't happen this week. It just can't happen again. Well, Bob, I mean, you know yourself, right? I mean, a two-run deficit versus a three-run deficit. Yeah. The approach at the plate is different. Yeah. It's one run, but the, the the approach is completely different. Two-run deficit, you're looking at it and going, okay, a boop and a blast, we're tied. Three-run deficit, it's like we gotta we gotta create some stuff. We yeah, gotta and, be, you know, and I think more it's, selective and 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 be, you know, it, it just changes your approach. I think it's one of these things too, where yeah, you can say that the Phillies are are resilient. I said if if you were going to pick one word to describe this team ten years from now, that may be the word, right? Mm-hmm. But while true, that does not mean it's a good idea to make a habit out of showing up and finding yourselves down multiple runs against a team that has. Very good starting pitching, as we've noted, and an outstanding bullpen, which we have also noted. I mean, it's just not a recipe for success. And so we'll see what happens. I hear you on Noah Syndergaard. Can you get through the order one time through? Give this team three innings. Give them a shot to kind of lengthen things out with this bullpen. You know, I don't think it's an impossibility that the Phillies, you know, win the game tonight. It's just that they're going to really need to fire, as you've kind of noted here, on all cylinders. They're going to need a little bit more from this offense. They're going to need that underlayer of the bullpen to get it done. They might need two innings from Sir Anthony Dominguez tonight or Jose Alvarado. That's the way that they're going to have to do this. We talked about it in in the preview of the World Series. If you put these two teams together 162 times, the Astros are unequivocally better. Right. Like, and we know that we see that playing out here when you look at these future matchups. But can the Phillies get to McCullers tonight and give this team a shot? Yeah. I mean, hell yeah. I think that if you're a fan, you're going down there tonight expecting that. You're looking for it. Now, I have a question for you, though. Mm. You see the weather forecast. Yes. I wanted to talk about this. And we're talking here uh, Monday morning. And right now, you know, we're both covering the game tonight. Our intention is to be down there and we'll see a full nine innings of baseball. But you do look at at this weather forecast and you see starting around eight o'clock that there's a better than 50 percent chance of rain pretty much throughout the duration. Now, I don't know how heavy it's going to be. I don't know if it's coming in pockets or what the deal is, but there are a lot of different things to unpack about this, because number one. It will certainly change the way that the game proceeds. It'll it'll be a part of the game three story, no matter what. We saw the impact of the rain against the Padres and the clincher. But also moving forward, significant, significant ramifications if the Phillies don't play baseball in South Philly on Monday night. And and you mean more than just the fact that they would 
wear the powder blues on Thursday because it's throwback Thursday, right? Oh, wouldn't that be something if they <laughs> decided to pull that lever? The only thing I'll say, right, because if you just size this thing up, you say you have this day, you can push things back. Don't You don't want a World Series game to be impacted by the conditions. You just don't. Right. The only thing I will say about that, and it's been talked about a ton over the last number of days here, on Thursday night, there is a little something else going on involving these two cities with the Eagles and the Texans playing. And I do wonder if that has any impact, if this were like a coin flip, like, ooh, do we roll the dice and try to play? I wonder if the potential overlap of that Thursday night football game might make baseball on the television network and Fox say, we got to get this game in tonight. We can't play on Thursday. Unless they made it an afternoon game Thursday. It would be a unique circumstance where you say, hey, a Philly-Houston doubleheader, right? Like, it would be this unprecedented way to, like, stack these games. I just don't know that that's what Fox paid for, you know? (laughs) And while it would be cool and I would be down for it, I do wonder. I I, I just wonder if if what uh, what comes ahead here has any impact on the decisions that they will make about this game tonight. Now, maybe we get down there and – it's not a problem, and, and they just play without without any concerns whatsoever. But man, the, the, you better get this right, guys. Yeah, the one the one thing I will say about you're right. I mean, you obviously, you don't want to go up against the NFL, especially when it's the same two cities, right? Yeah. But the one thing to say about it is, is you look at it and go, okay, the Eagles are seven and zero, the Texans are one five and one. There couldn't be a bigger disparity between the two teams. The game really has very little meaning for either team. Really, I mean, even if even if the Eagles, you know, shit the bed and blow that game, right? It, they're still in first. They're two games ahead in the division, right? It doesn't it doesn't freaking I know. matter? I, I get it. I hear you. You know what I'm I saying? Guess. Like, I, I just want. I I th- I would almost want to do it just to see what people care about more. Yeah, I, I, I hear I, you. I personally almost would want to do that just to say. Anyway, weather-wise, let's get to the, the real story. If you can't play tonight, yes. how's it change the pitching rotation? Well, you wonder, would they, would they possibly, just given the way that Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler performed the first time out, would they say, we'll take this extra day, we're keeping everything as is? We're going to bring Noah Syndergaard out for game three. That's what we said we were going to do. And we're going to use Ranger Suarez in game four. Or do you take the benefit of that extra day off, have Ranger Suarez pitch game three, have Aaron Nola come back and pitch game four? That is an interesting decision. I would tell you that given Justin Verlander's struggles in the World Series, he was not very impressive the other night. I would tell you that the the Astros may use all four anyway in the order that they were already going to. So you probably, I think, you probably get Nola Javier at that point. I think that this certainly benefits the Phillies to be able to to push everything back. The question then becomes, what does game five look like? And do you really want game five to be the Noah Syndergaard game? I would almost do this, Bob. How about a hybrid of the two? How about leave game three as planned, right? Leave it alone. Bump Nola to game four and throw Suarez in game five. It's interesting. And so why? Why would you do that? Yeah, go ahead. We saw last, last round 
that they don't mind throwing. They had no problem bringing Ranger Suarez in on two days rest to pitch to close the game. Now, granted, he needed only two outs. They needed two-thirds of an inning. He was probably on a limited pitch count of some kind. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is, is that they were cool with bringing him back on two days. If you bring in Nola for game four, and this thing has to stretch to seven games, can you do a piggyback with Nola and Suarez? Going Nola for five innings, Suarez for two on two days rest, or one on two days rest, whatever, Alvarado, Dominguez, if you need it at the back end. Could you do something like that? Like, I think you can. I think you can get creative. So I wouldn't, I, and I think you might, you know, you might get Thompson going, no, no, we, this is what we announced. We're sticking with it. Great. Right. And then you make the switch, you pull the switch, switcheroo on game four. Right. And you, because I think you would rather have Nola to start a game than coming out of the bullpen. Suarez right. has already shown he can come out of the bullpen. We know this. Give Nola the start. Well, it's game. certainly an interesting thing to consider. I don't, want to spend uh, too much time talking about it because it's a, a it may not happen it may not happen i mean they may just right. play tonight and i i guess my read on it right now is that they're more likely to play than not but i don't know i mean we will we will see but it just totally changes the variables it totally changes what rob thompson has to to work with what he doesn't have to work with it's it's going to be very very interesting um I have a little bit of a, a hard stop here in about 10 minutes, yeah. but I guess now you, you've digested these first two games and obviously an epic, epic comeback in game one, a little bit of a deflating loss in game two. Would you say at this point that the Phillies do, do they still keep an intangible advantage in this, in this matchup? Or are we sort of smart enough at this point to just kind of know that it's, it's going to come down to execution. And I guess what I'm really driving at is that, no, they don't have momentum at this point. We saw that in both the Atlanta series and in the San Diego series, the game two loss had no impact on their ability to come back home and play good baseball and, and you know, take advantage and, in those cases, win the series. Do you think that this team is coming home and saying, like, not only did we split, but now we're back at Citizens Bank Park and – our fans and like whether or not that really matters. Do you think this team believes that it does and does it give them any advantage in how this thing plays out over the next three? Yeah. I, I, this team just believes it can win. I mean, there's no doubt about it. The, the curious thing will be to see what happens if they lose game three, whether it's tonight or tomorrow, because it will be the first time this playoff that they've lost two in a row. Right. And that would be that, that would be the, the, the thing where I sit there and go, okay, now we'll test their metal. But up until up going into tonight, I think that they feel confident. I think that they feel like, oh yeah, no problem. We're gonna go out there and we're gonna win this game. No big deal. It's a different level of of adversity, one that they have not experienced yet. Right. I mean, for Houston coming into this series being undefeated in the postseason, they went to bed on Friday night down in a series, mm-hmm. something the Phillies have not dealt with. Right. You know, I mean, they have not yet played down a game in the postseason, and if they do, it'll be interesting not only to see how they respond, but I'm very curious to see how the crowd responds because there were times against the Padres. I thought the Phillies fans were outstanding. This is not a criticism. I get this because it's how I would be as a fan in a stadium, but there were certain points throughout those three games against the Padres where you could feel the crowd getting a little tight, sitting on the hands a little bit, you know, I, I just wonder like if they get down a game, 
you know, does the crowd come with that same, like, we're going to rip your freaking heads off like that? Cause that's, that's the difference about Philly as, and we know this, but that hostility, that edge, that like aggressiveness when they're on the attack, when the fans can smell it, like that's where, that's where it's really awesome. It kicks up to a different level. You lose a game. And I, I wonder if they come with the same, same energy. Yeah, I, I, and that's that. You know, that's the big concern, and that's that's what we don't know. We haven't seen it. We don't understand. We don't understand. We won't. We won't know. We won't know until it happens. If it happens, um, I, I feel a little bit more confident about tonight. Like if nothing changes, if 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 everything stays kind of the same, like on the same schedule, I honestly feel a little bit more confident about tonight. Just because I think that this is the kind of pitcher the Phillies can take advantage of at home, more so than Javier, who's who's a different kind of pitcher. I just like I like this matchup. I know it's crazy to say, I like this matchup of the Phillies lineup against McCullers in Citizens Bank Park more than I like the Phillies lineup against Javier in Citizens Bank Park. If that makes any sense. That's uh, fair. And, and so I kind of like them tonight. Um, I still don't think that they're winning all three games at home. So, you know, they're going to lose one of the next two. But I think I think that tonight's, a, you know, a good spot. I don't think we're going to find out then what it's going to be like for them to be down. I, as a matter of fact, Bob, I don't. I, I think there's a chance that the Phillies play the entire postseason without being down in the series and still might not win this one. I think it, they'll be up going back to Houston. Okay, yeah. And could be 3-3 three, three going into a game seven. And- yeah, I mean, it's very possible that they could get to a spot where you're you're two out of three uh, at home and then you go down to Houston holding that advantage and then, you know, what happens in those decisive games uh, this, this weekend. One thing that I would tell you, I mean, listen, uh, McCullers has not thrown much this season, but he was certainly better at uh, home than he was on the road. Just some quick splits here. 30 innings at home this season. He posted a 1-5 ERA on the road, 17 and two-thirds innings. He allowed seven earned runs uh, and pitched to a 3-5-7 ERA. So you take those splits into consideration. I think it's important, as much as we talk about how good Houston's pitching staff is, like they're not facing Nolan Ryan tonight. Like This isn't some impossible matchup that you, you got, you're going to face Lance McCullers tonight. Like, you better pray that you get one run. You know, that's not what this is. So there should be an opportunity for this lineup to at least score enough that, that they have a shot to win the game. And I think that the odds reflect this. I mean, I hate to keep going back to this, but when you look at it and you see like Houston minus 130, minus 135, think about the way that the public, think about the way that the national media views this matchup. This is the David versus Goliath matchup, right? And we could talk about Citizens Bank Park and its home field advantage all we want, but most betters open up their app wanting to take the Astros in this series or in each of these games. And so the fact that you only have to pay minus 130 for the Astros to take a 2-1 series lead tonight, like, I don't know. That seems a little short to me. I I, I really feel that way with Noah Syndergaard on the mound. Like I do. I think that that's a Phillies line. Like, and I'm not telling you that, that means the Phillies are going to win the game. That that's been the famous last words of many people. Oh, it's a team X's line, and then they end up getting rocked. But I got to tell you, like, it indicates to me that this could be a little bit more of an offensive game tonight. What's interesting to me more than anything else, Bob, is potential for the weather to impact the game in a way that the game still happens, but 
it chases McCullers earlier than maybe Houston would like. And the Phillies are already kind of going to a bullpen game anyway. So it, it really doesn't impact the Phillies so much in that regard. So that maybe all of a sudden McCullers is, uh, is out of the game. And now Houston's got to go to some long guys. Not to say that they don't have them, right? You saw what Luis Garcia did against the Mariners. He pitched, what, seven innings in that 18-inning yeah. game? I mean, whatever. Um, so they have the arms, but it's just it just could change the dynamic there. And I think that that could, that could impact the game in favor of the Phillies as well. So, um, yeah, there's a lot that, that, that kind of ties into this. I think it's going to be a fascinating three games. Um, and I'm just curious to see how – I'm just curious to see how it all plays out. Like this is, this is the culmination of a, of a crazy season – maybe the most memorable baseball postseason Philadelphia's ever had, win or lose, in all honesty. Because as you know, you look at the two seasons, or maybe 80 was 80 was kind of crazy, but I mean it was it was only two series. This has been four. Um and and, and then and it's one of those two is is the most unbelievable postseason. And you just let it play out. Let it ride, man. This is this is fun at this point. Whether we whether we're optimistic or pessimistic is irrelevant in all honesty. I mean it's just it's fun at this point. It's, it, it's just all, it's just all good time. There is no question in my mind that I have no clue what is going to happen. You know how you watch sports and you, yeah. you say, I have a, I have a hunch. I just have a feeling. I have to tell you, I, I go down there tonight and I have no idea what's going to transpire over the next three days. The only thing that I feel somewhat comfortable saying is that I don't believe that the series is going to end in Philadelphia this week. I think it's going back to Houston one way or the other. I agree. At that point, it'll be very, very interesting to see who's on top and, you know, certainly who ends up in front. I think, and I thought coming into this series that the Astros were going to win it in six games. And I guess as we talk right now, I still don't, there's nothing that has transpired to this point that makes me feel otherwise. So as we sort of, we talked about like different phases of the series, like, well, let's reconvene. Well, now that we've done that, I don't think that my opinion has changed much, but I would put an asterisk on this prediction and say like the Phillies can win this series. Like one thing that I felt watching these first two games was not that, I don't think the Phillies are better than the Astros. That, that my opinion there hasn't changed, but I don't feel like the Phillies are being outclassed by the Astros. They're not intimidated by them. That's no. for sure. There's no intimidation factor, and I don't believe that this is like a, a complete mismatch either. But they've they've got to execute. They've got to take advantage with runners on base when they get those opportunities the way that they did not in Saturday night. They're going to need the bullpen. Listen, bullpen's not going to be able to give you four innings a night and and keep keep teams scoreless. That's just not going to happen, but they're going to need more innings, more competitive quality innings out of this bullpen. And they have to make the plays when the plays are there to be made. If they can do those things, they're, they're going to have a shot to, to play this out the distance. Yep. And they got to run Bob. One last thing has nothing to do with the world series, but it is a baseball related note. Um, Nolan Arenado decides not to opt out in St. Louis. Yeah. He's going to stay there. He's going to stay there through 2027. So that's five more or four, five more seasons. Um, you a little surprised by that, considering how much turnover there's probably going to be in St. Louis. I mean, I know you still got Goldschmidt, right? But there's a lot of uncertainty with that team and that lineup at this point. A lot of youth coming in to play that didn't really excite you that much this season. 
surprised he didn't take a chance and say, you know what, I had a great year. Number going to be second probably to Goldschmidt in the MVP voting. I could probably go out on that market as the only third baseman available and make even more money and play somewhere else. Yeah, a little bit. I guess it's a little bit surprising in that way. He had previously indicated in interviews that his intention was always to to stay there and that, you know, that's where he wanted to be long term. And so in that way, I guess it's not terribly surprising. But yeah, when you look at St. Louis, it's it's always strange with them, though. I you, you wonder where they're going to be next year. Where do they slot in? But at the same time, they just are that franchise that always seems to find a way like even when you don't think they're going to be good, they, they make a trade. They, there's a signing guy outperforms. They just are consistently in it. And if you're him, I think that you probably sort of fall back on that. You know, it's a well-run organization. You know that they're going to find a way to be competitive. And at some point in those five years, you're probably at least one or two times going to find yourself in a spot where you're a legitimate contender to, to reach the world series. I mean, even this year as disappointing as it was for them that they, they go down in two to the Phillies. I don't think that they, are probably watching this postseason unfold and say, God, we're so far away. I mean, does losing Yachty Molina and, and Albert Pujols, well, the the second half Albert Pujols is probably a big loss to them. But um, I just don't know that it really changes where they view themselves as an organization. Fair enough. Yeah, but it Fair is enough. interesting because, I mean, he I could mean, have gone out and, you know, you're looking at eight years, nine years guaranteed. He probably could reel in at this point. And more than more than the $130 million that he got. Yeah. that he has left. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, he could, he's leaving a lot of money on the table by not opting out considering the season that he had in St. Louis, which is yeah. why I was most surprised. Um, all right. Well, I think that's, I think that's uh, where we have to stop this at today, but I'll see you down at the ballpark uh, a little bit later on. Yeah. Um, looking forward to it. Just got to get the, uh, get my one-year-old daughter out the door for trick or treating. And then I'll be hopping in the car and driving over the bridge and we'll be, uh, we'll be doing it, man. So looking forward to it. Everybody strap in, lock in, get your beers ready. I know it's a Monday night. It's a little early in the week for some, but you might need it. <laughs> um, so should be very, very interesting week. I doubt or week. If, I should say at Citizens Bank Park. If either team goes up three, one, We'll do what we'll do another one before game five. But if yeah. it's not, if it's going to be three two, we'll take the we'll take the day between five and six, and then and then hit the next episode. Does that right, makes sense. It makes sense to me. All right, yeah. so we'll talk to everybody soon. Thanks for tuning in to Crossed Up.